Hello and welcome to the podcast. On today's show, uh, we are going to be talking about um, drafting strategies uh, for your upcoming drafts. Uh, we've got lots of draft content coming up, so we'll, we'll do some uh, speaking on that. And then I'm also going to give you uh, my five value picks for your upcoming drafts that are going to help you win some leagues here. Now let's get to biz. This is Fantasy NHL Today. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. I uh, really appreciate uh, those of you listening here. Um, yeah, this is uh, this will be the first uh, true show that we'll be doing here. And I'm excited just to just to start putting some content out there. Um, one thing I really uh, am excited about having this podcast is is just having something to look back on as well and just see how uh, some of my takes have have aged. So, you know, uh, definitely in a year's time, we'll be going over some of these lists and and seeing, uh, you know, how I did. But uh, I, I honestly think that uh, some of the information we're going to be giving you over the next couple of weeks is going to really help you set you up good for your for your drafts here. So. Um, without further ado, I, I do want to start, uh, oh, by the way, my name is Blake Creamer. Um, yeah, please follow me on Twitter. It's Blake Creamer S E. You got yourself a makeshift bird feeder, sir. Um, this is a sports ethos presentation. Uh, sports ethos is uh, helping us out putting on the podcast. So thanks so much. Sports ethos. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about sports ethos, sports ethos a little bit later. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, for uh, NHL news, let's get it. News, 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 news. Uh, first off, um, training camps—they've started, and uh, this is an exciting time of year because you know uh, my Twitter's been blowing up just uh, with with all the game day lines and who you know who's playing with who um we get to see a lot of young players get some opportunities and and we we can sort of assess uh, where where some value is maybe for our drafts so um training camp started i love that um some other news that has come out um head coach for the avalanche jared bednar uh spoke about uh gabriel landeskog uh and just said that uh he's he's not going to be ready for uh, the start of the season here he's not even skating right now he's got a lower body injury so that's a big blow for for the avalanche for sure um so we'll definitely want to watch um who's going to be getting that uh, top line deployment with uh, uh mckinnon and rantanen uh, my bet goes to arturi lekkanen um he's been a good uh you know in the podcast i'm listening to sounds like a, a good sleeper this year and uh, this could really give him kind of a good start to the season so keep an eye on arturi lekkanen uh and as well might get a look there so um, yeah, but Landeskog injured uh, to start the season. He's not even skating, and uh, we don't have a timeline on that. So um, we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, Nick Suzuki, new captain of the Montreal Canadiens, is also out uh, for the next couple weeks um, with a lower body injury. So, uh, But it shouldn't affect him uh, starting the season. Although I am a little bit wary drafting players that, uh, that miss portions of training camp um just in my experience uh they just get off to a little bit of a slower start so um you know it sucks for for suzuki that he's you know in this uh, first season as captain he's he's kind of limping in but 
you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. He's a young guy and, um, you know, uh, I'm not exactly sure the extent of the injury there, but just something to keep an eye on. And then another bit of news for, uh, uh the Philadelphia Flyers, man, they are getting annihilated, um, just with injuries, obviously, uh, Sean Couturier, uh, earlier, um, this month, uh, they're just discussing he potentially out for the season. He's getting a second opinion on his injuries. Um, and then they get dealt this blow, uh, Ryan Ellis, um, you know, top four defenseman for them. Yeah. He's dealing with, uh, with a, uh, potentially career threatening injury to his back. He's got a, like a torn muscle in his back. Um, so they've come out and already said like, he's not going to be playing this season and, and it's potentially career threatening injury. So, so that's pretty rough. I mean, rough obviously for Ryan Ellis personally, cause he's, he's, uh, you know, this is his livelihood and he's, uh, he's also a very good player. He was going to be a top four player, power play contributor on that team. So, um, yeah, big blow for the, for the flyers. I mean, and just fantasy wise, the flyers are going to be stinky this year. There, there's no question. I mean, the tank is on right for, uh, for Connor Bedard. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, you know, plus you got Tortorella in there and, uh, um, in my experience too, I, I, I'm a Canucks fan over here. So, I mean, we had some experience with Tortorella. I don't know, man, my opinion on this guy, like, you know, he, he doesn't do good things for teams. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, uh, kind of positivity and, and, uh, and, and achieving your true potential through positivity. And that is not what John Tortorella appears to be about, at least from, uh, from a lay person's, uh, you know, uh, watching him from the outside. So um, something stinks in Philadelphia. It's going to be a rough season for Flyers fans. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry to hear about that. But yeah, let's let's keep an eye on that. You know, they, they could surprise. Who knows? And then uh, lastly, just a few players uh, that have retired over the last uh, week and a bit here. Um, big players too. Uh, Chara, uh, literally big. Um Man, Chara, I hated the guy for so long. As I said, Canucks fan here. And uh, uh, 2011, just basically all the Bruins, um, I, I, I can't stand them. Um, but players like Chara and Bergeron, those are guys that I, that I ended up, they're just hard guys to hate. You know, Marchand, yes, still hate the guy. Uh, you know, great player, but uh, oh my goodness, uh, can't stand watching that guy. Uh, but anyways, Chara retired, so gr- uh, great uh, um, career for him, obviously. Uh, P.K. Subban uh, in kind of a surprise retirement as well. Um, and speaking of, uh, one of my favorite P.K. PK Subban memories is when he just uh, obliterated Brad Marchand. Uh, open ice hit, uh, I think it was in the playoffs. <laughs> um, amazing highlight if you want to see uh, Marchand just get domed hard. Uh, you know, I could watch that on repeat. So P.K. Subban, Marchand, YouTube it check it out and then Keith Yandel as well uh NHL's uh, reigning Ironman he's he's calling it a career so yeah it's uh just some NHL news there just wanted to keep you guys up to date now um what I'd like to get into now is talking specifically about draft preparation so some certain strategies you can use uh, in your upcoming drafts. You may be drafting right now or you may have some drafts upcoming. Um, I've got a couple uh, slow drafts that I'm doing right now through Fantrax and uh, pretty frustrating stuff actually. Uh, a slow draft is, is basically where you have you know four to eight hours to, to make one pick. And uh, some of these guys I'm drafting with, they, they're taking the whole eight hours and it's just dragging on. So if, if it's up to me, I love having a live draft. I love just making time for that. It's kind of exciting. You can grab a beer and just, just chill out. And 
So, but anyways, uh, you got some drafts coming up. Let's, let's talk about it. So as far as drafting strategies go, um, one of the first things I want to talk to you about is make sure that you know, um, what the league settings are. Okay. So, and what I mean by that first is what kind of format are you guys doing? So is it a head to head points league? Is it a head to head categories league? Is it a dynasty league? Um, is it just a straight points league? I mean, you have to understand how you're going to be scored. Um, and then further to that, you, you need to understand what the scoring system is. So is it, um, if it's a head-to-head categories, um, you're basically just trying to get uh, more of, of a certain category than your opponent. So by head-to-head, you're, you're literally up against one person per week, and you're trying to get more uh, in certain categories than they do, right? But if it's a point system, then there's actually numbers assigned to uh, each statistic. So... For instance, a goal could be 4.5 points and an assist can be three points and plus minus can be one and blocks can be 0.5 and so on and so forth, right? So you definitely want to uh, delve into your uh, league settings, check out the scoring system, really understand it, right? Because that's where you're going to, you know, be making the correct picks. If you go just by uh, average draft position on Yahoo or Fantrax, um, all of those average draft positions, they're all amalgamated uh, by people drafting in different formats. So it could be people in category leagues where hits and blocks are more important. Um, they could be, uh, elevating a guy's ADP because he is a great hitter or he's, he's really good at blocking or he shoots a lot. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that player is going to be valuable in a points based system. Right. So you, you always have to take ADP, uh, with a grain of salt on, on any website, right? Because you don't know what the people who are drafting that person for or what type of format, right? So that's another big thing where you can find some value, right? And we'll tell you how to do that, okay? Let's do it. All right. Um, I'm still getting used to just doing this podcast, listening to myself talk for for a long period of time. It's it's pretty interesting. I'm also a, a little bit sick here, so apologies for that. You'll hear some sniffing. I don't have a raging coke addiction. I uh, I'm just a little bit uh, sick, so. Uh, but I figured while I'm at home, I should uh, definitely try and knock a couple podcasts out. So, um, anyways, let's keep going. Uh, so, first thing, uh, like I said, know your format, know your league settings, know your scoring system. Uh, secondly, I would suggest practicing mock drafts. Um, that's something that I have done over the last couple years. Um, and I'm, and I, I just, I just, whenever I have a free moment kind of where I'm not doing some mock draft going on in the background and, uh, w- w- there's so many good things about it. First, it kind of just gives you the, um, the experience of what the draft is like, because I can tell you sometimes on draft day, you, you can get a little bit nervous. Um, you can make decisions that, uh, like you you make panic decisions, right? So one thing about doing mock drafts is you're already used to those conditions. So you're, it, it kind of nullifies that nervousness a little bit, which I think is really valuable. And then even more valuable is the fact that you can start to learn where players go in the draft, what rounds they're going like consistently based on your own experience. Um, and that's something that has been very valuable for me this year um, because you then you can also see um, a ton of players that are available at, at a really ridiculous ADP uh, sometimes. So 
And again, we'll identify those players for you, but it's really important that, uh, that you practice these mock drafts, just get in. Um, and, and if you, you know, some, some leagues, they will do, uh, their draft order well before the draft. So you'll know. So that's when you can just go into these mock drafts and say, well, I know I pick seventh. So I'm going to do a mock draft where I pick seventh, right? And then you can, you can start to make decisions, see who's available at that point in the draft, right? Um, really valuable tool. Um, so get in there, do your mock drafts. Um, Yahoo has a really just easy mock draft system. Um, some of the, the downfall of it, unfortunately, is you get people signing up for these mock drafts and then they kind of, they, they just uh, piss off, you know, in the middle of the draft. So then they start auto drafting. So you got to take that into account as well. But I still think there's, there's uh, a lot more value than there is a negative there. Um, and then it, it, one more thing just on mock drafts, uh, and, uh, the different sites as well. So the, the two sites that I use are, uh, Yahoo fantasy and then fan tracks as well for, for, uh, the different leagues that I'm in. So, um, it's really, uh, key to know that there, the ADP list for Yahoo is much different than the ADP list for fan tracks. Um, so in, that's another thing you want to do. Which which uh, platform are you going to be using? Yahoo or Fantrax or ESPN even. And once you figure out what platform you're using, go in and do mock drafts on that platform, right? So so you can see how players are being drafted. Because um, what you'll see when you do your drafts too is, um, you know, a lot of players, because there's a lot of times there's only like 90 seconds or, you know, maybe even two minutes for you to make your pick. Um, a lot of players are choosing or, or a lot of GMs are choosing players right from the list that's right in front of them, which is the ADP list, right? Um, so I find that you can get some sneaky value, some sneaky picks by just knowing where these players are in your ADP and putting them in your queue, right? So just know, know what platform you're using and where the values are, all right? And that's why you're listening to me because I'm going to do that work for you, hopefully. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is, um, and this is something that I had to learn over years is, um, there's no need in these drafts, especially for money drafts that you're, you're spending some good money to do these things, uh, these leagues, there's no need to take big swings on players. Um, like especially early, you know, I, I know that it, uh, and I, I was guilty of this uh, very much in my first few years of fantasy, whereas like, you know, you want to be that person who, picks that breakout player or, you know, calls that amazing, you know, uh, season for a guy. Um, but in my experience personally, it, it barely ever works out. (laughs) You, you, I think you're more, uh, there's more value. There's it's like, it's safer. And I know it sounds a bit boring, but it's safer to stick with players that are proven players that have done it before. And, and even further to that, I always try and draft players with a high floor. So what I mean by that is um, you, you hear those terms, uh, you know, lots of times, floor and ceiling of players. So when I talk about the floor of a player, it's basically like, you know, you're, draft, like you're drafting them at what their worst could potentially be, their floor, right? So if you draft a player with a high floor, then anything on top of that is just icing, right? And but there, you know, a lot of people like the the players I'm telling you to maybe stay away from, especially early, are players with a high ceiling, right? But they also might have a really low floor. Like they're either, you know, boom or bust, right? And those players in particular are not players that you want to target in the first 
let's say six, seven, eight rounds of your draft. For me personally, I want to draft players that are proven, that have a high floor, that are not, you know, unless they get injured, I'm going to get basically what I think I'm going to get out of them, right? Um, so that's just a, that's just a tip. There's no need to take these big swings, right? Um, we all want to, you know, pick these players. I remember, uh, last year, um, Kaprasov, um, I, uh, um, uh, I wanted to pick him early on and, and I thought, uh, it was going to be good. And, and he ended up falling like quite a bit in my draft. And, uh, you know, I, I sort of left it there and that that's kind of a situation where it didn't exactly work out, but it, but it's hard to call these things, right? Um, y- you want as close to a sure thing as you can get in fantasy. And I think, uh, yeah, just look for players with a high floor that have done it before. And, uh, uh, I think, you know, that puts you in a good position. Then you can take swings on players later on in your draft. That's when you want to do it, right? Because those players, if they don't work out, you can just drop them to the waiver wire and, uh, pick up somebody else. You know, I find a lot of those players that do, um, break out, have these big breakout seasons. They're usually available on the waiver wire in the first couple months of the season. Right. So you just gotta be, you just gotta pay attention. You gotta look at uh, kind of deployment injuries, you know, opportunity. Where are these players, uh, getting that right? So just scan your waiver wire. You'll be able to find a lot of these people. Even like, uh, look at the Calder Trophy winner last year, uh, Moritz Sider. He spent a lot of time on, on, I'm sure, waiver wires in a lot of leagues, right? And then all of a sudden, he just, he just exploded, right? And, and won the Calder Trophy. Even with, uh, you know, Lucas Raymond, his teammate. These guys were available on the waiver wire early, early in the season, right? So... Moving forward, uh, talking about this particular draft. Um, so strategies I've been using uh, this particular draft, just just seeing what's out there. Um, I really believe that you can fade goalies and you can fade centers. And what I mean by fade is you can wait till later to draft them. All right. I do want to give a little shout out to um, uh, Apples and Genos, uh, Nate. Uh, at Apples and Genos, he has uh, coined a phrase zero G. Um, and what he means by that is uh, drafting goalies much later, not not spending the draft capital on a goalie early on. And uh, while I don't necessarily agree with it wholeheartedly, I think like 80% of it I, I, I'm, I'm on board with, especially in this draft here. Because who are the, you know, we have a clear top two goalies in this draft. So we're looking at Shesterkin, we're looking at Vasilevsky. Um, after that, I mean, you've, you've got another tier of, um, who I think is, is mostly, you're, you're looking at Soros, you're looking at, um, Markstrom, um, Hellebuck, uh, Hellebuck, sorry, uh, Thatcher Demko, guys like that. And then from that point on, you're, you're kind of, you know, a lot of those goalies can, can wait until later. So, um, I would say it, um, I, I do agree with uh, Nate from Apples and Genos. I, I would not waste a first-round draft pick on on Shesterkin or Vasilevsky. I think that you're you're missing out on uh, on a lot of uh, scoring there that you can't get later on, right? Whereas I think you can get goalies later on that that can give you, you know, not the exact numbers that Shesterkin and Vasilevsky can, but they can give you comparable numbers, right? And uh, one to uh, Nate's point as well from Apples and Genos, like goalies are are much more they fluctuate a lot more than, than the players do. I think you can count on players a little bit more, uh, or the skaters, uh, forwards and defensemen, uh, than you can on goalies, right? 
that's just kind of my take on it as well. And I, and I've been following that for a couple of years and, and I, I think that's really good. So in this case, I would definitely fade goalies. If you're not going to uh, pick up, you know, Shesterkin or Vasilevsky, and I would say like in the second round, if, Va- if Shesterkin or Vasilevsky is available in the second round, I think you have to kind of take them. Uh, um, I don't believe first round though. So if those guys are available in the second round, I would say grab them. Um, and to me, Saros is the next one up that, that I like. I, I just trust UC Saros. I like him a lot. He helped. He basically pulled me out of the basement last year with just an amazing season. And I ended up second overall in, in, in one of the leagues that I do like, a uh, just one of my favorite leagues and, and Saros was, was the key there. Would you like some juice? So this all said too about fading goalies, it, uh, this goes back to, um, what is your scoring system, right? How many, um, you know, how many points do you get for a win? How many points do you get per saves? Um, how many points are you deducted for goals against, right? You want to understand those things, right? Because in some certain settings in leagues, uh, goalies can, can really make or break you, right? I don't think they should, but it depends on your league setting, right? So you got to check that out. So you can fade goalies. Uh, in my opinion, there's guys like Tristan Jari, uh, Kemper, that are uh, available later on. Um, Elvis Merzlikens is one that I think is a potential breakout candidate later. I mean, with an improved uh, Blue Jackets team. And uh, a guy we'll talk about a little bit later, um, Jordan Biddington, I think, is really a a goalie I would feel more than confident uh, with uh, waiting waiting and then getting him later on. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, But if I were you, I would fade some goalies. And then... Fade centers as well. Um, do, through all these mock drafts, um, all I've seen is like, you know, when I get down into uh, even after the top 100 picks, there are still so many quality centers available. Um, but what there isn't available is wingers, especially right wingers. And uh, something you'll hear me talk about and other hockey podcasts talk about is positional scarcity, right? And what we mean by that is, you know, th- there are certain tiers, especially of right wingers, and once you kind of exhaust a few of those tiers, it just falls off a cliff. There's really not um, a lot of value to be had for right wingers. You know, after I would say the top 100, really 100, maybe 120 picks, you know, you're, you're, you're in tough looking for, for quality right wingers. So um, my, my advice to you would be, you know, uh, fade centers. And, and that said, uh, the, the first four picks, I think we know what they're going to look like. We're looking at McDavid. We're looking at Matthews, Dreisaitl and McKinnon, and they're all centers. So I'm certainly not advocating for you to uh, not pick those guys in your first four picks. I'm saying, if you don't have a first four pick, look at wingers, look at getting wingers, look at getting defense, uh, defensemen, uh, and right wingers, I think are a little bit more scarce, uh, in this draft. So definitely kind of plan ahead in that way because there are many centers and I'll talk about a couple of them uh, later on in the podcast, but uh, you, you can get some amazing centers, uh, you know, from picks like 80 to 120. There, there's, there's a multitude available that can really help your team. We're talking like point of game players. Um, so yeah, pick up wingers early, fade centers, fade goalies. We talked about positional scarcity. Uh, one more thing I would like to draw your attention to when you're drafting players, if you can... Look for dual eligibility. 
And what I mean by that is players that, that are listed on their site, uh, whether it's Yahoo or Fantrax or ESPN, um, as two positions. So, for instance, uh, on Fantrax, JT Miller is, he's a center left wing, right? I think he's center left wing on Yahoo as well. Um, but when you get players that aren't just uh, uh, one position, it just gives you so much more flexibility with your lineup. And I think that's just common sense. But what I'm talking about is if you have two players you're kind of leaning towards and one of them is dual eligible and one of them isn't and all things remaining equal, obviously you want to go with the dual eligible one, right? So just take a look at that. Um, There's some, you know, some really good dual eligible uh, players uh, available this year, Um, you know, and we'll we'll try our best to, to let you know about those. And then uh, the last thing I'll say about drafts, uh, just on this episode, I'm going to continue to talk about it until the season starts, but um, you really want to be adaptable, right? So I'm giving you, I'm giving you tips here and, and I can, I can talk from experience that I have a plan going into my drafts, but they almost never go the way that you think they're going to go, uh, which is, you know, uh, really frustrating, especially um, you know, when you've got a plan, your guy has dropped to you and then, um, the player right before you picks this player that you wanted, right. And you had this whole plan and now you have to pivot, right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just taking a drink. So yeah, you, you want to be able to be adaptable. So, so you, you have to be able to change your strategy on the fly. And I, I do think it's really important. Like th- again, depending on your draft format or your, t- you know, your league settings, like if you've got all the different positions that need to be filled, center, left wing, right wing, D, uh, goalies, you want to make sure that you're, you're not exactly leaving, uh, leaving them all to the end, right? Besides goalie, which we've talked about a little bit, right? So, you know, you may have to pivot in your strategy and, and, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's all I really have to say about that. Just, just definitely be adaptable. Okay. Um, yeah. And that, that's what I have to say about drafts at this point here. So one thing I do want to do now though, is I want to talk a little bit about, uh, sports ethos. So, um, I'll just sort of let you know kind of what they're, um, uh, what they're all about. So it's time to talk a little bit about fantasy hoops. Okay. Fantasy basketball. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikel Bridges before any other rank list? That's right. It was the Brewski 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash, didn't you? Great. Well, this year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time, and Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership or draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Uh, check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues again with Sports Ethos. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I love Sports Ethos. Um, the, the reason I got involved uh, with Sports Ethos is um, I'm, I, I was heavily into uh, fantasy basketball as well. And, and it's just a, it's a whole other a whole other thing, uh, but I just love it. And Sports Ethos, uh, they have some amazing podcasts. Uh, you know, they have team podcasts. They have just just fantasy strategy podcasts and really inspired me to, to do this podcast because um, I realized, um, you know, there's a little bit of a gap for um, uh, fantasy hockey podcasts as well. There's some really good ones, um, but I just wanted to kind of add to that, you know, add my own flavor to that. So, um, yeah, go check out Sports Ethos. Um, 
they've got some amazing stuff and, and we're going to be developing a lot of NHL content as well, uh, in the future for sports ethos. So keep an eye out for that, but you know, definitely go check it out for, for the hoops. It's good stuff. Okay. All right, let's get into, uh, I told you I was going to give you, um, five of my, uh, value picks. Uh, and some people call them sleepers. I will call them snoozies. All right. That's what I'm uh, going with. Uh, and no one can change my mind. Okay. So these are my snoozy picks, uh, for the upcoming season. And just again, some help with your draft. Okay. Uh, the first guy I want to draw your attention to is, uh, Braden point of the Tampa Bay lightning. Um, this guy is being criminally under, uh, underrated, uh, especially on Yahoo. His ADP in Yahoo right now is uh, 117. And uh, on Fantrax, I think it's 73. So that's a little bit more reasonable. But um, we're talking about a guy here that uh, is playing first line uh, minutes and first line power play with one of the best offensive players in the game, Nikita Kucherov. Right. Um, last season, um, Braden Point had he had 58 points in 66 games. So I think that's an 82 game pace of like 70, 72 points. Right. Which is, is reasonable. You know, uh, especially if I mean, if you're drafting at 117, you're getting a 72 point player with with all the power play points that he'll get. I mean, he got 22 power play points last year. I mean, that's pretty good. But to me, um, that's really his floor. Like uh, uh, Braden Point was injured last season. I mean, he had a, a quad tear in the playoffs and he had some other injuries throughout the season. Uh, he has had trouble staying healthy over the last three seasons. I mean, um, you know. 66 games, 56 games, and then 66 games again last season. So, you know, he has had some problems staying healthy. But before that, I mean, he played a 79-game season. He got 92 points. Um, So there are a couple things I looked at with Braden Point. Um, One of them is, uh, well, looking at his uh, 2018-2019 season where he did get 92 points, he had a shooting percentage of 21.5. And uh, his, his... uh, his average, um, his career average is only 17.1. So that was a bit of an outlier. So I think 92 points for Braden Point is probably not going to happen again. It was probably not realistic. Um, but I mean, last year he did shoot, uh, he shot only 16% uh, shooting percentage on 175 shots. So it was a little under his, his, uh, his career average. But I, I do think there's room to, to grow there. Like he spent half the season without Nikita Kucherov. So, um, you know, who knows what that, what that is going to do from, but I, but I do believe it's going to put him in, in a better position to get some more points. Um, and one thing that Braden point did, uh, this year that is a little bit different than, than his other years is he, he had 75 hits, um, which, uh, is definitely an outlier for him. So I don't know if he's just added that part to his game because the year before he only had 23 hits and the year before that he only had 24. So to go from that, you know, to triple it up to 75, like, He's banging. He's banging big time. So um, if he adds that, if he's adding that part to his game, that could be very valuable uh, for you in category leagues, right? Or you know any points leagues that count hits. Um, yeah, you, he's he's uh, he's giving you some value there as well. So um, just to recap again, um, I think uh, Braden Point's floor to me is is seventy points. 
So I think that's a reasonable expectation. But if we're looking at ceiling, I think he can get up to 85 points. Uh, 80, 85 points I think is pretty reasonable if he stays healthy the whole season. And it sounds like he's fully recovered. I also think the Lightning, they're, they're, they're a bit pissed off. You know, they, had a, they didn't end the way they wanted to. And, and Braden Point especially, he was injured for, for most of the playoffs. So he, he wasn't able to help. Uh, I mean, if he was healthy, maybe, maybe we're talking about a three-peat uh, Tampa Bay team for the, for the cup, right? So I think Braden Point, uh, anything after round six uh, in your drafts, Braden Point is just a straight value. Um, I picked him up in two of my leagues already. I got him at 65 in one league, and then I got him in, at 75 in another league. And I think I still think those are both huge values for Braden Point, uh, especially point per game player, lots of power play points, um, and he's up in his hits, you know. And if he if he can get that shooting percentage up a little closer to where he had his big season there, I mean, you know, we could have 30, 35 goals. So Braden Point, I'm all in on that. Love me some Braden Point. All right, let's let's move on. Let's let's talk about another player that again is definitely being um, uh, his ADP is much too low, um, especially on Yahoo. And this player is Jack Hughes, uh, Jack Hughes of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, again, and I talked about Braden Point. He's a center, you know, being drafted at one seventeen. Jack Hughes, another center who's being drafted at uh, on Yahoo at ninety five. Right, that, that's crazy low. I mean. Um, so that's, again, goes to my point about fading centers. Like if you can get players like this, that low, I mean, you're, you're laughing, right? You fill up your, the positional scarcity, you fill up some right wingers, uh, get some good D and then you're picking up Jack Hughes and Braden point with, with your picks in the six, seven, eighth round. I mean, that's nuts. You're, you're setting yourself up for, for big success there. But let's talk about, uh, Jack Hughes a little bit. So, um, you know, he's, uh, he's, had a breakout season last year, but unfortunately he was, he only played 49 games. So, um, there, there was a, he definitely broke out though. So last season compared to his first two seasons was, was, uh, was quite dramatic. So let's look at a couple, couple things here. So, um, he was on, he had a 1.14 points per game. So, uh, he was on pace for 94 points in an 82 game season. That's great. That's awesome. That's elite right? On the Devils as well, right? And this guy's only 21. So um, that's a really nice season. And um, like I said, unfortunately, he had, I think he had a, a shoulder injury. So he missed a lot of games. And he I think he missed some time with COVID as well. Um, but everything, uh, so Hughes is healthy now, and everything is just going in his favor, I think. Um, he's, you know, he's the centerpiece of the team. They, you know, they, they spent a, a first, uh, first overall draft pick on this guy. He's gonna, he's gonna, just eat minutes up, you know, he's, he's going to be probably over 20 minutes per game. Um, where I think, yeah, last season he was 1934, uh, per game. Um, so I think, I think it's reasonable to have him over 20 minutes a game. Um, you know, he, he doesn't play a lot of shorthanded minutes, but, but I mean, everything else he's, he's, he's all over the ice. So, um, I think his time on ice is going to go up. Obviously, he's a power play producer. Um, and if you look at, uh, I talked about shot percentage with Braden Point, same thing here with, with Jack Hughes. So um, in his first three seasons, his first season, he, his shot percentage was 5.7%, insanely low. He got, I think he had seven goals in 61 games. That's, that's not going to do it for a first overall pick. And the next season, he got 7.7 uh, shot percentage on 142 shots. Again, only 11 goals. But then 
this last season, that shot up to 15.8%. Um, for, so he had 26 goals in 49 games. And I think that can go up. And, and I also think that um, that's kind of indicative of some of the players he was playing with. Like in the first couple seasons, he was just he was just kind of doing it all himself, right? Um, and so I think now that he has some better players to play with, I think he has some good uh, chemistry with uh, Sharon Govich. Um, you know, and then on the power plays, he's, he's got some, uh, some players to play with there. Um, I do like, uh, Palat joining the devils. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play with Jack Hughes, uh, at this time, but, but definitely, you know, probably on the power play. I think Palat brings obviously championship mentality and, and just again, some, some more offensive skill to play with Jack Hughes. So I'm expecting if he stays healthy, I, again, I think his, his floor could be, could be 70 points again, maybe even higher 75 if he stays healthy, right? But his ceiling, uh, as we saw, 82 game pace, 94 points. So I think his ceiling could be 90 to 100 points, you know, if everything goes well for him. And obviously he has, he still hasn't proven anything. So I think there's, there's some motivation, just personal motivation for Jack Hughes as well to go out and show the league what he is capable of, right? And I think if you can get him at a value on your, in your drafts, like you're gonna love Jack Hughes and hopefully he doesn't get injured. Um, and that said too, uh, one thing about Jack Hughes though, uh, he has like zero peripherals. And when I'm talking about peripherals, I'm talking about, uh, hits and blocks. I mean, in 49 games last year, Hughes had six hits. I mean, that's, that seems almost, you have to intentionally like avoid people to get six hits. I mean, I could get six hits out there just, just, you know, skating around in a circle, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, he's, he's not known for that. He's not getting you any hits. He's certainly not getting you any blocks, but, uh, you know, he, he can be elite offensively. So that's why you're drafting him. And especially at this position, it's a no brainer. Get you some Jack Hughes. Okay. Uh, uh let's go on further here. Uh, so a little further down the line, I want to talk about, uh, Jacob Voracek. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, he's an interesting player. He's he's available uh, much later, right? So let uh, Yahoo ADP for uh, Voracek is going to be one sixty four. So you know, sixteenth round, fifteenth, uh, sixteenth round. Um, you're you're pretty deep into your draft, right? Um, a couple really good things about uh, Voracek is he's uh, he is dual eligible, uh, left wing, right wing. So you know, let's say you ended up loading up on centers and you're you're hurting for your wingers later on in the draft. Um, let me tell you why, uh, Jacob Voracek is, is going to be a good option for you. So well, actually when I was looking up Jacob Voracek, like I, I've had him before in my own drafts and you know, he's, he's certainly not, uh, uh, setting the world on fire with his goal scoring pace. I mean, uh, it <laughs> looks like it's just kind of fallen off a cliff. I mean, he had six goals in 79 games last season. So that's, that's pretty rough, uh, especially from one of your top you know, uh, you know, supposed to be one of your top offensive players, six goals in 79 games that can only go up. I, I don't think he's going to get less than six goals next year, but what is nice, he got 56 assists. So, um, 62 points in 79 games. That's solid. And, uh, the, the jackets were not good last year. The blue jackets were not good last year. So when you bring in a guy like Johnny Gaudreau, um, you know, um, uh, the, the team is going to be excited. You've got a healthy Zach Wierenski, um, and you've got some good young players like uh, Cole Sillinger um, and uh, Kent Johnson. Um, I, I think, t- personally, like uh, Voracek, his floor is going to be 60 points. 
you know, and you're, you're mostly looking at power play points. So, so last year he had 25 power play points and that's great. Um, you know, mostly assists. I think he had two power play goals, but, um, so he, he's, he's the second line. He's a second line player for sure. I think his minutes last season, he was, he was hovering around 17 minutes a game. I think there's a potential that goes down maybe, you know, 16, 17 minutes. Um, so I don't think he needs more than that. I think the power play, just, just the, um, because he plays power play one, I think that right there is what's going to give you just more value. Like, like if you, I, I think he can potentially, you know, his floor is 60 points. I think he, he could be a 70 point player, uh, next year with Goudreau and, you know, being on that top power play. I think, uh, Columbus, uh, power play is going to be, um, pretty lethal next year, honestly. And I don't think that's a stretch. I mean, you get a guy like Johnny Goudreau in there, um, and line a, I'm sure he's due for a bounce back season, uh, some good positivity going on in, in Columbus. So I think, Voracek is a guy you can target. He's he's going to be available in a lot of drafts. I mean, 164, he could follow even further than that. So um, keep an eye on it. Also, if you're in cast leagues, I mean, uh, he's he's going to help you lock up assists pretty well. I mean, 56 assists, um, he's, he's just a playmaking machine at this point. Um, I'm just looking at some of his stats here. Boy, his, his shooting percentage is uh, pretty ugly stuff. So last season, he only shot 4.1%. Um, his career average is 8.9. So let's say he reaches his career average next year. I mean, we're looking at, you know, uh, closer to 70 points in the season, right? So I think he can bounce back in the goal scoring department. Uh, even if he doesn't, I think there's more points going to be available to him uh, because of the power play. So Jacob Voracek, get on it. I think it's, uh, I think it's good. He's only 33 as well. So I thought he was a lot older than that, but uh he is not 33. I think he's still got lots of gas in that tank and, and he's got a good young team uh, that he's playing with. All right. Next guy I want to talk about is, uh, we thought we'd get into the defense here. Mikhail Sergachev. Um, I think there's a big opportunity for Sergachev this year. Um, in fact, I just, I read something today, uh, just from NHL.com saying that, uh, uh has been told he's, he's going to have a much larger role with the team this year. And that's, that's exactly what I want to hear. Um, uh, because, uh, just in the role that he had currently, um, he still had a pretty good year. He had seven goals, 31 assists. Um, he had lots of bangs, he, you know, one, 139 hits, 123 blocks. Um, that's what you want to see for your defenseman that you draft for the most part. You want to have them cover those peripheral, uh, categories like hits and blocks, right? And he's doing that. And he's also doing it in, in just 22 minutes a night. So I think the expectation, uh, at least from what I read about Sergachev is that he's, his, his time on ice is going to go up. You know, Hedman's, I mean, still a beast. Hedman's, you know, one of, if not the best defender in the league. So, I mean, he's not going to be taking any minutes really away from Hedman, but I think he's going to be put in some more uh, situations here um, just to succeed some, you know, he's going to eat a lot more minutes. So that, that can only benefit him. I think if nothing changes and he just gets more minutes, we're looking at potentially like a 45 point season for Mikhail Sergachev. And right now his ADP on Yahoo is 137. Right. So this is one where you can maybe he can be your third or your fourth D man uh, on your team. And if you pick him up in, in that position, boy, that's that's such a steal to me. This guy is only 24 as well. Like uh, defensemen, they do sometimes take a little longer to develop. And I think he's just he's just on pace to, 
you know, uh, kind of be a stud. And he already, he already is, but, and he's also learning from one of the best in the game in Victor Hedman. So yeah, I like Sergachev a lot. Um, I think floor 40 points, like I said, ceiling, you know, he, if, if he gets some power play time with the top unit, which a lot of things would have to go right for him to be there. Right. Um, you know, because Hedman's not going to be taken off there. But, you know, Tampa does have a lot of injury-prone players, right? So Sergeyev could get a look on the first-line power play at some point. If he gets that, um, you know, we got 50, 55-point defensemen here, in my opinion. I think it is safe, though. 40 points for Sergeyev, and you're getting a 40-point defenseman at, at 137 in your draft. You're laughing, especially with, you know, 149, uh, sorry, 139 hits and 123 blocks. You got to love it. This guy's a stud. Okay, and we'll go to the one last one. I did want to talk about uh, a goalie because um, I did say fade goalies. And, and one of the ones that I've been looking at in my pools um, later on is Jordan Binnington of the St. Louis Blues. Um, I think he's primed for a bounce back season. Uh, you know, he, he did not play well last year. In fact, um, his numbers were not really close to his kind of career numbers. Um, you know, his goals against was 3.13, uh, whereas his career average is 2.5 basically. Um, so he was, he was given up more goals. His save percentage, uh, career wise is nine, uh, 0.911. And last year he was, uh, uh, 0.901 for his save percentage. So I think there are some factors that happened. He was injured last year, um, at points. And then, uh, Vili Husso, um, was, was just playing really well. I mean, he had an amazing season and he kind of took over the reins as, as the, as the starter there in St. Louis. So I think now that, uh, Husso has been kind of shipped off to Detroit, Bennington is this, this is a clear number one again. I mean, he has, you know, Thomas Grice as a, as a backup there, but I think, uh, it's, it's pretty, well known that that Bennington is going to be the the man there and I think he's going to get the majority of starts um, and one thing about uh, Bennington is so right now he's being drafted at 136 I've seen him go later than that um, I think that uh, you look at St. Louis they actually did have a good season last year um, they were 11th overall in goals against average they haven't had any major changes to the team I mean they did lose David Perron um, but I, I think like their decor is still uh, intact. You know, you're going to have a healthy Tory Krug. Um, I know Scandella uh, is having a, he's got a big injury that's, that's happened. So, um, but, but I do think there, there hasn't been a lot of change to St. Louis. I think it's reasonable to expect that they're, they're going to be in the top, the, the top third of the league in goals against. So I think you got, a, uh, uh, Bennington is a champion caliber guy. He won the Stanley cup, right? He knows what to do. Um, he's obviously had, uh, some struggles over the last couple seasons. I think this is kind of, this is the year where he can bounce back. And I think you can get him for a song later on. Um, to me, he's, he's, he's the last of, of the sort of workhorse goalies that are on decent teams. You know, so if you, you can pick up Jordan Bennington as your, as a goalie, like in round 10 or 11, I mean, that's, that's a steal to me. I think he's really going to pay dividends there. So, uh, but anyways, that is, uh, th- those are my five snoozies, um, just that I've given you now, I think, uh, moving forward, uh, next couple episodes, we're going to do some divisional previews. Um, I want to do a mock draft potentially and just see, you know, where everything falls. Um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely give some more news. We'll talk about some potential busts, um, further on, uh, in another episode here. 
uh, and we'll just carry on. Um, I'll keep you updated on all the, the training camp findings and um, yeah, I really appreciate you, uh, taking the time listening to this podcast. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm very grateful I'm able to, to do this and, um, um, yeah, hopefully you're getting something out of it. If you are, please, uh, you know, leave a review, uh, hopefully a five-star review. Um, that would really help me out a lot. And, uh, um, on Spotify, Apple podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, just go ahead and leave a five-star review. If you like what you hear, um, that just helps me get this out to, to more people. So, Anyways, I, uh, I'm going to take off here. I've taken up enough of your time, but uh, hopefully um, your drafts are going well. Again, follow me on Twitter. It's Blake Creamer SE. Uh, let's just get some dialogue going. I want to hear your guys' picks. Like, what, what, do you, what do you think about my takes here? Um, I'd love to hear that. So, um, you know, get back to me on Twitter and I'll respond right away. Anyways, uh, good luck with your drafts. I'll talk to you soon. And let's get some. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye-bye. A rational explanation is hardly necessary.